Welcome to the Brighter Skies podcast with Gary Ware. This podcast is to inspire everyone to become the person they're meant to be, to take action and to realise life doesn't always go to plan. Gary will be speaking to successful entrepreneurs who will share the good, the bad and the ugly of building business and what to do to keep moving. Having left school with just two GCSEs, he achieved his aspiration to be a manager on the Red Arrows. Gary is all about assisting others to grow whilst he is now embarking on his next adventure. We will bring you inspiration with a dose of true insight and reality. Let's grow stronger together by learning from the journeys of the successful and knowing that there are always brighter skies ahead. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Brighter Skies podcast. Um, Today we've got on Chris Knight. Chris Knight is a coach and a clinical hypnotherapist. Is that that correct? Is that your title? It is, Gaz, yep. Um... Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Um, I do work mainly with coaching and um, clinical hypnotherapy, um, but I have also hybrid coaching. So I include um, NLP, which a lot of people will have heard of before who are listening into this, um, and a couple of energy techniques to help people um, on the more therapeutic side of things. But in essence, they are the two roles I offer. Brilliant. And, and you're very welcome for coming on. Um, I've been watching you for a long time. I think you're doing amazing stuff. And I want to touch down on the, the coaching and the clinical therapist and everything, everything else you, you, uh, you've covered to help people. And I wanted to know, what, how, how did this all start? What got you into this? Um, well, it goes back a very, very, very long way. Um, back to when I was very young and I had quite a traumatic upbringing. Uh, lots of trauma going off in my life. Um, and I suffered with lots of illness through trauma. I suffered with um, anorexia, um, lots of bullying, lots of th- things like that. Uh, what through my teens really basically made me break down. Um, I had c- quite a couple of uh, breakdowns in my teens. And I got to the point where I, I went to the doctors and the doctor said, here's some antidepressants, good luck to you. In essence, that was the conversation that I had. And I decided that I need to sort myself out. There was only one person who could sort myself out, and that was me, um, which took me on a very, very long journey, um, studying all sorts of areas such as psychology, hypnotherapy, um, epigenetics, which is just a form of looking at how the environment affects our biology, um, and a host of other things trying to find out what was going off for me and why I, I, basically how I wanted to heal myself. And then I'd always wanted to be, to be a doctor growing up and I had the chance to be a doctor or a musician. And you can sort of guess which way I went. It wasn't the doctor way. So I became a musician, but I always had that healing tendency. You know, I always felt that I wanted to help people um, in one way or another. So I transformed my life dramatically. I was an introvert in school, you know, total introvert, the geek in the corner of the class. And transform my life completely, completely. Um, I'm I'm an extrovert now, but I am much more centred as such. And then I decided to help other people. And as I progressed through business in my life, I now help people, mainly entrepreneurs, should I add, that needed the emotional and psychological um, changes or the back. And that's a very, very quick synopsis of how I got to where I am today. Yeah, that, it's very interesting. It's interesting that you went to the doctors and they just offered you antidepressants and then that you've, you've then worked out yourself that you wanted to go that way. And I think it, it, it shows that the person that you were back then, you're still that same person now, even though you feel that you've changed. Uh, I can't imagine you being an introvert, by the way. But yeah, uh, I see you and you, you speak so confidently and you've got a lot to offer. So I'm really pleased that you've come on my podcast because the stuff that you do is amazing. I mean, you're helping entrepreneurs um, get over procrastination. You're helping them get out their own way, uh, getting away blocks and hurdles. So that's why I brought you on. Wondered if you could 
talk a bit about that without I know you've got your, your clients to look after but hopefully we can talk about it where you can sort of say the things that you offer and assist and help people get past totally totally and in all honesty it's quite a broad spectrum um I ended up working with programs where we cover quite a variety of different areas because as entrepreneurs as you'll know we can suffer from a whole range of things what we what we might we might not even know about um obviously the common one is procrastination i think i would say about 90% of the people i work with suffer from procrastination um but we look at things like limiting beliefs getting rid of past traumas things what hold us back in life things what stop us reaching our goals self sabotage we also look at the positive side where we look at the future future clarity future vision so it covers it encompasses quite a lot of areas my work that's that's really good um, it's interesting to think about the limiting beliefs. Yes. I mean, everybody must, who, who's trying to be an entrepreneur, everybody must come across somebody who's got a limiting belief or sometimes did, did they even know about it? Some, I know you touched on it earlier saying hypnosis will get you past those blockers. Do you think people will recognise it or the circumstances where people don't recognise it? It's funny. I did a speech with a month down in Birmingham for one of the property um, conventions and a lot of people came up to me afterwards and said, I didn't know I needed this until you spoke about it. So it's one of those things where education is vital for a start. But a lot of people know that they limit themselves, but they think they can either battle through it. They think, right, well, I'll get in the 4am club. I'll work every day. I'll do this, that. I'll follow Gary V. I'll fo- follow Grant, uh, Grant Cardone or whatever. But people don't realise quite often that they are the anomaly 90% of people cannot attain what they've done they are an anomaly people don't realize their own limits and they will plod along and self-sabotage quite often not obviously not everybody but people will self-sabotage and hold themselves back and when we start this work they'll just know that something isn't right but they won't be able to put the finger on it I would say a good 30-40% of people and some people obviously know the, the limited. They don't know why. They don't know how. They, it might be a limit with money. It might be a limit with wealth. Why can, I, why can I not get past this threshold? Or why can't I get started? Why do I keep starting and stopping, starting and stopping? So there's definitely a differential between people who know the limits and people who just do not know. They just head down, get on with it, but can't figure out why it's going wrong all the time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about. I mean, it's very interesting stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. And it's crazy to think about because I, I try to overanalyze things. So I hold myself back with that. I do have sometimes yeah. uh, a bit of imposter syndrome, which I do. I push myself past yeah. it. I have to force myself past it a bit uncomfortably. Yeah. Uh, and I bet there's a lot of yeah. people feeling the same. Uh, it, it's a crazy way that your brain works, isn't it? It's totally, it totally is. And what I say to people is my work and the work of hypnosis that I use, the therapy that I use, or the NLP that I use, it's all about efficiency. It's all about how fast can we get it done. If you wanted to get a five-year goal and you wanted to hit it in two years, that would be my plan. So my work is about bringing the future into the now much faster much more efficiently than going on your own journey and trying to do it yourself, psychologically, emotionally. And the classic example of that would be going to talking therapy. Now, generally, talking therapy can take a year, two years to even get to start getting to the root of what's going off. And three or four hypnosis sessions, you've done the same work. Wow. So in theory, which is, which is more beneficial to an entrepreneur? And obviously, I'm not just talking about talking therapy. Not everybody needs therapy. But what I mean is that's the difference between the power of hypnosis and going and trying to do it, doing things ourselves. We'll take ourselves so far, but we cannot get over our own blocks. So, so you really work off efficiency then, don't you? Trying to help entrepreneurs, because they are trying to help themselves but you're assisting them along their route with something that they might not know that they need. Totally. Everything is about efficiency in my book. Why go to pay somebody 
for example, my job is to coach somebody the exact amount of time that they need to be able to move forwards, not to drag things out just to get paid, because to me that's unethical, it's immoral. And through the use of hypnosis, through the use of NLP, the brain, our understanding of the brain has developed so much in the past 20 years that things can be changed overnight or in the, in the space of a few weeks rather than this long, fangled change work. So efficiency is everything. And especially with entrepreneurs, you know, entrepreneurs want things yesterday all the time. Yeah. As you'll know, guys, you know, they want things done, you know. And, and obviously, like I said, I work with programs. Um, I've got an eight-week program, uh, some online programs. But I've also li uh, literally just introduced um, a day session where I work with people for a day and we literally annihilate as much as possible in those seven hours. But that came about through efficiency where people said to me, well, I'd rather just do it in one day rather than take it out over an eight-week program. Yes, there are some people who prefer the eight-week program who like to learn you know, over a longer period of time. But then that efficiency can kick in where people say, yeah, I want to get it done. Let's get it done. Let's do it today. And we will do that. And that what came that about... Sorry, what does that include? What is that? So it, does it include like you just chatting to work out motives and then you, you do some hypnotherapy on them and, and help them move past the blockers? Yeah. So what will happen typically on, on a day session is they will complete a questionnaire beforehand. So the first hour or so is going through the questionnaire on the day, finding out their because obviously before I get to the session, I've got a good intention Good idea of where we're going to go with it you know from the questionnaire so then it's just going over the questionnaire with them and the, the interesting thing about this kind of work is when people write out what they want the, their answers to the questions on the questionnaire they subconsciously start telling you what they want to work on what they need to work on the areas of their life where they're stuck interestingly it's fascinating but so they're, yeah they're effectively telling you what they need and what they want to do yes in the questionnaire absolutely I've not come across it yet where they don't. And so we'll go through that in, in like the first hour or so. And then we'll literally follow the, the, the direction of where they need to go in. So it may be that we want to work on wealth blocks, limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, self-worth. Self-worth and self-confidence is the basis of absolutely everything in life. So, and then in the afternoon, we may look at the more, more of the coaching side where we look to the future. We, you know, we crystallize the vision. Still working with hypnosis, still working with NLP, but basically condensing everything right down into the day. Amazing stuff. It's really, it's, it, honestly, it's mind-blowing stuff. Just to, to, to try and understand the brain. I mean, everybody must fall foul of either procrastinating or putting a, self, putting a blocker in place, uh, past, letting past traumas come in there, self-sabotage. Everybody at some point in their life must must experience these, and it's just crazy to think. And it's crazy to think that there are. I mean, you might tell me I'm wrong, but you might find that there are certain professions that will always go down the same route and have the same issues, either self sabotage or procrastination or so on. Do you, do you find that? Do you find that there's any common themes that you're looking at? I, you know what, I do but it's not necessarily a profession. It's more entrepreneurship as a whole. Entrepreneurs are typically driven from inside by something. And from working with hundreds of people, I would say they're running from something or they've been driven by something from their past. And maybe they've gone through it. Because you, you look at the, the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, they've all gone through major events growing up which is normally giving them that drive to change the life. And I've not yet come across an entrepreneur who hasn't, who wants to go that bit extra, who doesn't want to work in the rat race, you know, who doesn't want to work the nine to five, who wants to be better, who wants to be bigger, who wants to be, you know, make more of an impact at the end of the day. So, but these people, because they push themselves to the limits constantly, I think the natural occurrence is that they are going to get more imposter syndrome 
I think the natural occurrence is they're going to get more limits because they are consistently pushing towards the edge of human nature, I guess. Whereas somebody who's working a nine to five might be quite happy working there the rest of the life. Why would they get imposter syndrome? Sat yeah. in an office eight hours a day doing something that they're all right with, but they're never pushing themselves out of their comfort zone particularly. So entrepreneurs, generically, I would say, are prime candidates for this kind of work. So they're, they're, they must be your main, main client then? Yeah. Um, my, my main niche is property entrepreneurs, um, but I've worked with a variety of entrepreneurs, um, some in the Olympic field. Um, just got to be oh. careful about how, you know, yeah. What, uh, what, what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, predominantly business. Um, and some people say to me, they'll, they'll say to me, well, are you a business coach or what, what are you? And I'm like, well, yes, because this, is all, this all relates to business. The mindset, the psychological, the emotional side affects your business at the bottom line. Guaranteed. Every block in your business is a problem in your personal psyche or personal life. So, yes, we don't need to do... I'm not a strategist. I won't help people with their strategy because, to, to me, strategy comes after we deal with the plethora of issues which come beforehand. Yeah, so you're set... You're setting them up, putting them on a baseline in them. So you're baselining them to allow their dream to grow. Absolutely. And then they create their own dream because it's their dream, isn't it? Absolutely. It's their dream. And it's like I always say, you are doing all the work. I am your guide. I cannot make you do something that you don't want to do. If you're ready to change, I will change you beyond your wireless imagination. If you're ready to do it. If you're not ready to do it, nobody can help you. Mm. You've got to be of the mind frame that you're ready. Right, I want to change. I'm not quite sure how yet, but I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do the work. Because at the end of the day, we've got to remember that we're working with habits. We're working with wiring from maybe the past 40, 50 years, depending on how people are. It's hard wiring what's encoded into the brain. Yes, we can start to change it much, fast, much faster than ever, ever possible. But it still involves repetition. It still involves subconscious work. Yes, I have had the fact of people coming in and literally changing overnight, but wow. that isn't everybody. I'd be lying if I said it was. People have walked in with PTSD, walked out without it, but that's very rare. And they were obviously of the mindset that they were ready to let it go. Hmm. But when people are ready to change, big things happen. That's good. That's really interesting to know, actually, because I think you can, as I've been reading up on things, like what you said, we all read up on things. We all listen to Audible. We all try to then improve ourselves. And I think cognitive dissonance is a big thing that I needed to get over, where I try to make myself feel comfortable before looking at the facts. And by that, by if something happens, so those who don't know cognitive dissonance, I can use a bit of an example. It's like a smoker. You go to a smoker and you say to a smoker, they're going to kill you one day or they're going to make you poorly. And they'll always come up with an excuse without going to the facts, without going to the figures and saying, no, they won't. I've been fine. I've, I've been smoking for years. I've done a marathon. I've done this. When really they've ignored the facts. It's just the way that the brain makes them feel comfortable. And I, I, I try and find that hard. So I have to stop myself. I've made a, a conscious effort to try and do it. And I think, that's interesting what you've just said. You've got to be willing and wanting to change things before you go in there. It's, it's against the entire part of human nature to push forwards. Our subconscious mind is programmed to keep us safe. That's its sole intention. And the fight or flight mechanism inside the brain, um, called the amygdala, got two little nodes inside the brain, the fight or flight system. And... It's there to protect us. It doesn't want us pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. But interestingly enough, just on a side note to that, you'll find that people use smoking, gambling, sex, uh, overworking, 
as a mask. It's always a mask. It's always covering something what's never been resolved. Right. There's always a deeper level to it. And it's just the external presentation of us having a vice. The vice is covering something much deeper. And you'll cover that when you do your, your hypnotherapy? Totally. You, you do people, do, do, so when you do your hypnotherapy, are they unconscious but still appear to be conscious? No, no. Right. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, I'll describe a, a small portion of hypnosis to you. So there's a lot of misconceptions about hypnosis, uh, a lot of misconceptions. Well, I've seen um, it turn somebody into a chicken on stage um, years ago in Butlins. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, so stage hypnosis, perfect place to start. Stage hypnosis is all real. It's all perfect. They are hypnotized. However, the people getting up on stage have to have an entertaining personality and want to be there. You will not get an introvert putting themselves up on stage who doesn't want to entertain because that's not what the hypnotist is looking for. You'll notice that the hypnotist narrows down the people who are on the stage till he's got five or six willing participants. They are the people who have the unconscious mind that they want to entertain the audience. So although they're hypnotized, they have that personality, what the hypnotist needs. So hypnosis is literally a state of focus and the use of your imagination. We're not asleep. We're not unconscious. They can hear everything that we say to them. And it's like you are, best way I can describe it. Say you're in bed at night and your mind's worrying with anxiety. You've got things thinking about the next day. Well, just about, just before you're about to go to sleep, your mind has to clear. It has to go blank. And that moment of blankness is hypnosis. If somebody came banging on your door, you'd jump a mile because you're hyper-aware. Hypnosis is hyper-awareness of your surroundings, but you just aren't bothered for a while whilst you focus on the intentions of the hypnotist. And then you go in there and, and do you plant seeds or get them to offer up what they want to do and then make them think about it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this isn't, there's a variety of different hypnosis styles. My style is very direct. Again, I look for the efficiency side of it. And my work is all about allowing the client to offer up from their subconscious mind what they need to know what they need to let go of, what they want to head towards. Because why would I sit here as a hypnotherapist and tell them what I want? Because that's, I'm not them. Yeah. So when they're offering their subconscious mind, which controls everything in their life, is offering up on a plate what they need to change, that's what we use. Yeah, that's very, it's very, again, it's still, it's all interesting and fascinating stuff. Trying to get my head around it um, <laughs> and trying to understand it. And I know you should never try to understand the brain, but yeah, trying to understand how you do it. Uh, I've got a quick question, which is what's the difference between a hypnotherapist and a clinical hypnotherapist? Um, a clinical hypnotherapist will work on trauma, stress, anxiety, depression, and uh, a hypnotherapist is, it basically allows us um, to work in the profession in um, more of a clinical profession, whereas hypnotherapy quite often is more to do with, well, you'll find a lot of hypnotherapists working on phobias, fears, basic anxiety. So it depends on the relevance of the situation and what your chosen field is, basically. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose you got trained on this, didn't you, when you, because you were, you were in the medical profession for quite some years uh, before you went down this route, weren't you? Uh, I was aiming to be a doctor, um, but I st actually started off uh, working with uh, IBS, um, chronic 
chronic pain and autoimmune diseases. And there's been lots of research with hypnosis into those areas and how trauma can have a long lasting effect and can produce these areas. Trauma in the body can create IBS, can create chronic pain and can develop autoimmune diseases. So I worked with lots of people when I first started out in helping release those issues. That's good. And then it's obviously led on to this, which is excellent. I think it's amazing stuff. In all honesty, it still still applies. So many entrepreneurs in chronic pain, so many are that stressed out. And when I use the word trauma, I don't mean it has to be related to abuse or anything like that. The word trauma means to me negative experiences from the past. So it might be parents divorcing. It might be being shouted at. It might be being bullied. And all these things compound over time and get stuck in the body. So when I'm talking about entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs have chronic pain. They have traumatized past or negative past what they want to release. So it all still applies. It's just that I'm not specializing in that area as such anymore. No, great stuff. What, what's been your biggest achievement um, that you've helped with, would you say? Or is it a collective thing? Um, <clears throat> I've had a couple, a couple of really interesting clients, completely opposite end of the spectrum as well, in all honesty. Uh, one client I was working with a couple of years ago, actually, where one part of their body had started to seize up. And it was some kind of um, palsy out of nowhere. Just came on and half of the body was starting to seize up. They were using the use of the leg. The arm was much harder to use. Being through the doctors, the doctors didn't have a clue what was going off, seeing specialists. And the, the doctors were basically saying that the brain's rewired itself somehow. They're not sure how. And they're not sure if or when it's going to recover. And I worked with this client. And again, as always, the client always tells you, well, quite often tells you what the problem is without them even realizing. And I'm th- I, quite often, there's always a starting point for, this, for things like this. Something happens to the body for, for it to go into that kind of experience. And I was chatting with a client and the client said to me, I said, well, what what was going off at the time in your life? What was happening? And she said to me, well, my cat died. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's not great, obviously. Um, And then she said, and I split up with my boyfriend, my long-term boyfriend. I'm like, okay, well, that's not great either. And she said, and in all honesty, she said it was a shock to my system. And those words told me straight away what had happened. Mm. Some people might not pick up on it potentially but in that moment i realized she'd taken that trauma internalized it and it literally shocked her system into shutting down wow yeah that's what i said that's what i thought to myself this this job still shocks me every single day absolutely and through working on that trauma through reworking those experiences through letting that energy which is what it's all about it's all energy we are just energy under a microscope through letting the energy of those traumas release from her body, her body started to unwind and relax again. And that was incredible. But if you read old books from the past, old hypnosis books, this has been documented thousands of times where something has happened in somebody's life and it's affected the body in a physical way. And it's just all about tracking back. And then I've had people... Yeah, well, yes and no. Sometimes there is a root cause, like in that example, something had triggered it. And sometimes it's just a compounding of loads of crap from the past. Because as humans, we are not very easily able to let go of trauma, negative energy. And it builds up and it builds up and it compounds and it compounds. But we haven't got the same ability as animals to shake it off. You may see, um, for example, you may see a cheetah chasing a deer uh, on TV and say the deer gets away and it's, you'll see it shake its body off. 
and then it'll be back to eating grass or whatever in two minutes without a care in the world like nothing ever happened. Well, that shaking was releasing the trauma of the chase like it never happened. Humans haven't got that ability. So this trauma can store, store, store and store without ever being released. And that is predominantly my job. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy to think. I mean, if I'll try it next time. I mean, I'm not going to go and start grazing on grass. but I'll, <laughs> I'll try and give a shake off when I get scared or something. So are you able to offer any tips? And I don't want you to then start offering stuff that you, you already sell. I'm, I'm just talking, if you could give somebody just one technique, something to help them out either sleep at night because they've got anxiety or to feel a little bit better, what could you offer anything like that? Depends on what area they're wanting to work on, in all honesty. To start with, this, we're talking incremental changes, I believe. When, when, okay, let me rephrase that. When we're working on our own, without the help of external forces, without an external coach, we're talking about incremental changes. If we go and change everything today, if we go and change all our habits in one day, we're going to fail. We're totally going to fail. And it's all about making that 1% difference every single day. Getting more sunshine, eating better, trying to sleep more. Obviously, if you're struggling with sleep, obviously that would be a problem. But I would say the best place to start would be with affirmations. Now, people will say, yeah, yeah, no, do affirmations work? You know, what is the basis of them? Now, Affirmations are vital in the start of change work because what's actually happening is when we do affirmations, say we want better health and vitality in our life and we say something along the lines of, even though I've been struggling with my health right now, I'm open to receiving vitality and health in my life. So we're acknowledging what the problem is, but then we're also reframing it into the positive. I like that. that again. I like that. So even though I'm struggling with health and vitality at the moment, right here, right now, I allow myself to receive these into my life. That's good. And obviously that's just one example of thousands, but the premise behind it is, you state the negative. You reframe it into the positive. But what's actually happening is, more importantly, we have to say it out loud. And it starts an auditory loop. Comes out of our mouth, back into our ears. And our subconscious mind does not know the difference between reality and fiction. Whatever we tell ourselves, we will become. That's really good. So you can't think this. You've got to actually say it out loud. It's much more potent. Okay. the best way I can describe it. Because the auditory loop is much better than, than just that internal voice. And it goes back in much more powerfully. And again, the subconscious mind hears it. Don't get me, tongue, don't get me wrong. It takes repetition. It takes consistency. This isn't going to happen overnight. But once the subconscious mind is told, I am happy, I am abundant, I am full of life, I am full of vitality, it will say, wow, if I'm telling myself this, it must be true. And it, the same goes with negativity. If we are telling ourselves that we can't do this, we can't do that, we're limited by this, we've got no money in our life, bad things happen to us, what do you think our subconscious mind is going to do? Exactly. It's the same thing. And it goes around in a bad, bad cycle then, doesn't it? Yep. Totally. You've got to get rid of the bad cycle, get yep. the good cycle, get an affirmation, start telling it to the universe, which people say telling it to the universe, but really when you put it that way, you're telling it to yourself because it's going back in. You're saying yep. it, and then your ears are hearing it, and then your brain is then interpreting it as positive. Yep. And then the cycle starts. Oh, excellent. Yep. Honestly, uh, obviously, excellent. that is... It's not a quick fix, but I think it's one of the most important things we can start doing. And 
obviously that relates also to the words we say. If we listen to ourselves every single day, I can't do that. I'm going to try and do this today. What does all that imply? Trying implies failing. Yeah. I've got no money today. All you're telling your subconscious mind is, I've got no money. That's that. You know, it's all about rephrasing and rewording the words that we use as well. Awesome. That is, yeah, this is why I like chatting to you. This is why I've got you on my podcast because you make things make sense. You make things uh, uh, like feel like I'm, I'm understanding things a bit better and I feel the energy coming across because I believe massively in the law of reciprocity. I believe if you ask the universe or you start being more positive, that things will be more positive and it's happened. I, I, I've got on this journey where I thought, well, I'm just going to try and put it out there. Yeah. I'm going to try and be positive. I'm going to just say, well, instead of saying I can't do it, I'm going to say, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. And if things don't happen because life is life, I just reassess and readapt. Yep. So, yeah, that's it's, it's the reason that you're, you're here. <laughs> I think you offer massive value. And I think if people start listening and taking this in. In fact, if people are listening now and they're, they feel that they're doing it, they can contact you, can't they? And then understand what you offer. Totally, totally. Obviously, I'm here to give as much value as today as possible in the time that we've got. Um, obviously, the free... T- uh, we can talk about my contact t- details later if you want. Um, and the free to get in touch at any time on Facebook via email, um, mobile phone or whatever, my uh, mobile number. But I just wanted to touch upon what you've just said there about the law of... Repre- uh, I can never say the word. Re- <laughs> reciprocity. So reciprocal. <laughs> reciprocal. Yeah. Yes. Um, and all that is, is cause and effect. And people will say, oh, God, I'm so lucky. Nobody's lucky. It has to come from a cause. A lottery winner, if they didn't put the lottery ticket on, they would not win. If, and a classic example, again, would be, when I first started this job a couple of years ago, I worked for six months without a single inquiry, 15 hours a day. I was advertising, 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 putting it out to the universe. And energy out equals energy in. It has to come back to you. This isn't some mythical woo-woo shit. This is physics 101. And after six months, I was pulling my hair out saying, what the hell is going off? Why am I getting no interest in my work? Why, why is nobody showing any interest? What I didn't realize is that those people from six months before had been watching me, watching what energy I put out, watching what my work was going to be, watching how passionate I was about my work. And all of a sudden, an influx starts. It comes as a trickle. And it's a power of compounding, compounding over time, those causes. So those effects can take place. But the, the problem with cause and effect is there's a delay between our cause and our reality. So whatever we take, there's a delay in the effect being shown back to us. Hence why so many businesses give up. Hence why so many people give up in the first two years of business. They do not see the effect because they are willing to wait long enough and put in the hard work at the beginning. Yeah, I call that laying the foundations. Totally. Laying the foundations, building your presence, showing people what you can do, showing that you can add value. And yes, it might be slow in the beginning to the point where you get nothing. Um, and I think Kevin McDonald touched on this um, when I chatted to him in, in a previous podcast. He, he just said he, he sees so many people that are doing amazing things yep. and then they just quit. And he said it's his, one of the biggest frustrations that he has is he sees people quit when they're just on the cusp of doing something so good. So, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant point to bring up. To- totally. And you know what? That used to be me. That was me. I totally get it. I would start something. And if I couldn't see an improvement in, in four weeks, I'd say, no, sod that, it's not for me. Because I didn't understand the laws I'd not studied what I needed to study. 
I'd not seen what I needed to see. And as I've learned and grown and grown, and I understand it, we only fail when we stop. And all we have to do is reiterate consistently until it works. And it's too easy to, it's, it's too easy to give up when we don't see an action creating a result. But the result has to come. There is no other way. Whatever we put out in the positive, obviously, we put negative, negative things out and karma comes and strikes us because it's just negative compounding. But when we're putting out positive work, positive value, it has to come back to us in reciprocation. Yeah, totally. I, I'm totally on board with that. So I give, I, I told you, I believe in the law of reciprocity. Yeah. But I don't give out to somebody to receive from that somebody. I just give out, try and give out goodness and try and add value and, and give it out. And that, the, the point of all this podcast, even starting it. So Ellie McKay was on the first podcast and I met her at a PPN event up in Humberside. And I'm so fortunate. And I know you said, people say that lucky. I'm so fortunate that I decided to go, that I went there and I got chatting to her and I got such a report and I told her all about this. And she just went, you need to start a podcast. Yep. You need to get out there and start a podcast because I was already doing this, but to, to private private groups. So I was facilitating getting experts in and then saying to people, look, I can see you struggling here. Let's get it in. Which is then I've gone from one level to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, keeping going. So I, I'm totally on board with this law of, I can't say it now, <laughs> law of reciprocity. Um, because totally. I think it works. It definitely works. And the energy out and the energy in thing, me being an engineer, aerospace yeah. engineer. Totally. Totally believe the energy thing. I've seen it. I know about it. I've done it in the physics. So, yep. Yep. It's amazing. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you've got a great concept of it, obviously. And I've, you know what? I've studied physics to a, to a degree. I've studied quantum physics to a degree. But we learn about what we need to know about. And obviously, you've seen it firsthand. You know exactly how it's working, which is even, even more incredible in my eyes. But like, if you hadn't have taken that decision, that cause, Maybe this had never happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And putting it into that, um, when you break it down into those different elements, you get it. You totally get it that you, you it's the cause and the effect. Yep. Which is great. Um, totally on board. Totally. As we've just talked about everything that you've said, the cause and the effect and how you kept going. And I think it's brilliant how you kept going. Because in the beginning, um, I've seen, uh, I've spoken to you in the past, I've seen it on your Facebook. You had a lot of naysayers. You had a lot of people that didn't believe, did you? And that must have been tough. It's been hard. It's been hard. And I, obviously, I'm, not, I'm no different to anybody else. I've just positioned myself in a way that I want to help more and more people. So I've become more public, publicly prominent, I would say, than maybe some people want to be. That's fine. but. I've got my beliefs, and I believe my beliefs are grounded in science, grounded in empiricism. I don't do woo-woo. I don't do things that I can't. Yes, some of these things aren't tangible. I understand that. But if they didn't work, I wouldn't use them just for me, you know, working my own beliefs. And um, sorry, I've gone off track. Well, I just wonder what I was going to say then. Um, and then, yeah, so in, in the therapeutic community, the law of attraction and other similar ideas are frowned upon. And I've had inboxes saying you're going to be kicked out of the community, blah, 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 blah bullshit, bullshit. And at first I was like, oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do? You know, what these people are thinking about me? What are they going to think? You know, I, I don't put anything on Facebook anymore because they're all going to think negatively about me. Nowadays, I literally couldn't give a shit because now I know the power of the work. Yes, when I first started out, I was, you know, woman and orange, is this going to work? Is this right? Is, can this really be true? Now I know the power of the work. I couldn't care less what anybody said. Because what I use works. 
So if I, what I use works, why would I stop doing it? So at the end of the day, I don't want, my primary driver behind all of this was making sure that people didn't have to go through what I went through. Don't get me wrong, because I'm sure my parents will be listening to this. I didn't have a bad childhood. There was nothing, there was no, no negative in, negativity in that side of things. But I went through a lot of experiences growing up, which didn't do me well psychologically. From muggings, beatings, bullying, Ill, illness, which took its toll. So again, I'm not talking about the child abuse end of the spectrum. But I know if I can change, totally change, I can help other people do it. And you've done it through your academia that you've, you've read. So yes. you've obviously, you've done this yourself, you've, you've lived it, and then you've then been and found a route to success or a route to make yourself feel better. But then that inevitably left, took you to a, a successful career where you're at now. Totally, totally. And my job is to reach more and more people. I want, I want to, on my website, I want to reach and transform the lives of one million entrepreneurs. Obviously, that's a baseline, hopefully more. But my biggest goal in starting out was making sure that people didn't have to go through what I, didn't, what I went through, 20 years of research to get there. Yeah. In essence, I've boiled down 20 years of research into eight weeks. Taking, out all, the taking out all the vital parts that can yes. assist people. Yeah, I think that's, honestly, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I really do. And listening to Rob Moore. So Rob Moore, and I know he's probably, I think he's repeated this from somewhere else, but it's still very important for Rob to say this to the community that he's in. He mentioned that what somebody else, what somebody's opinion of you is, is none of your business. Totally. And I was the same as you. I used to let things, and things still do affect me. If somebody says something, it'll affect me because I think, well, am I doing things incorrectly? And then I have to rewind myself and reset to say, you're adding value. And this is in my brain. You're adding value. Keep going. You're doing well. Don't listen to the naysayers. Totally. Uh, and the other thing I learned was <clears throat> don't sell your dream to a small-minded person. Mm. And that's because... They just don't understand, or again, their own cognitive dissonance, which I chatted about earlier, to make themselves feel comfortable. Why are they so successful and I'm not? Oh, they're just conning people or they're just doing X, Y, and Z. And they don't understand it and they don't care about it. And now I've come to the same point as what you've said. Ignore them. Doesn't bother me as much. It just... Totally. But it is a great win. I tell you what, it is a great win. When I've had some people that that I've had few come up to me, and they're not bad people, they they just come up to me. Why are you going through progressive? And I went, well, because I've recognised that I, they add value. Or why are you doing doing this? And I, well, I I recognise that, that this aligns with my beliefs. Or you can do all that online without paying all this money. You can do. And now they looked at me, and it was only six months. Six months later, they looked at me and looked at what I was doing. Um, and, and then they came and asked for help, which was good on their part. And I never held it against them. I said, I'll always try and help you. And then I explained the reason why I did things, why I got mentors, why I wanted to grow fast, why I chose to do things like in the future, I can see myself working with you and I'll do that because I want to continually grow. But for them, it seems like they're paying money out for unnecessary things and they'd rather use that money on other things but they don't recognize that it will help you grow quicker if you then go and reset yourself and look after yourself and make sure that your mind's healthy, make sure that your body then is healthy because it allows you to grow quicker, grow faster and, and get going. Do you know what? Couldn't, couldn't have said it better because I've had both of those scenarios, what, you know, what, what Rob talked about. The interesting one, I can't remember the exact quote, the first quote, what you said from Rob. Um, but basically, what you see in others is something that you haven't resolved within yourself. Life is just a mirror. Everybody's mirroring back to us. And if there's something that you don't like about somebody, you have to have felt that emotion. You have had to feel that emotion with inside you. And it's always something that hasn't been resolved properly. We've got a choice in reality. This was one of my biggest learnings over the past few years. We are in control of every part of our life. Every single thing, 
be it good, be it bad. Only when we take responsibility for everything can we change. Life changes when we take responsibility for everything. Yeah, definitely. We've got a choice of how we react to somebody. We don't have to let it in. And when we know that, when we realize that, our empowerment changes overnight. So I like the story of the Chinese farmer. Have you heard that one? I'm not sure. You might have heard it. So I've heard this. Somebody say it was the Chinese farmer. Some some say it's from a different region. But it's the story of maybe. And it was, there was a Chinese farmer. We're going back decades Oh, centuries ago. He was a Chinese farmer. He had one horse. And the gate got left open and the horse escaped. And the, the local came to him and said, oh, that's your last horse. This is really bad for you. And he went, maybe. And the next day, he'd left the gate open. The next day, the horse had come back. But following it was a stallion and a few more. And he locked the gate and he had four horses. Mm-hmm. The, the, the same again, the locals came to him and said, wow, this is, this is great. This is really good for you. And again, he just went, maybe. The following day, his, his, his son went on one of the horses, one of the new horses, and he fell off and broke his leg. Again, the villagers, close, a little close village came up and said, oh, that, that's really bad. Now you've not got a son that's going to be working on the farm. That's, this is really bad. And he's went, maybe. And then the following day, it was a conflict in the area and the local government were coming round, and they were trying to get every able man at a fighting age to go. And it was a conscription. So they had no choice. And they looked at the farmer's son and they left him. He had a broken leg and they came up to him again. The villagers came up to him and said, wow, this is really good. And again, he just said, maybe. And then they questioned him. I mean, it keeps going. This story keeps going. And they questioned him, why do you keep saying maybe? And he said, because I don't know what the effect is. He said, things are good and things are bad, but it depends on the way that you look at things. So my son breaking his leg was bad, but then it also had a positive. He said, my horse going away was bad, but then they all came back, which is a positive. I've got more. So he said, it's about the way that you interpret life. So everything is a maybe. You've still got to make sure that you get a positive and a negative out of it, and you've got to then interpret it the best way that you can. And I love that story, and I think it just reflects on what you've just been saying. Totally, totally. And at the end of the day, the yin and yang, you know, the left and right, the up and down, everything has got to be in balance. Everything in the universe is in balance. And when we're disbalanced, we produce disease, disease within our body, as an example. Or the mind moves out of balance and we have mental illness. And on Facebook, I have the Prosperous Business Club. And people will say to me, well, is it all about money? Is it all about what is prosperous? It's prosperity. I'm like, well, what does prosperity mean? Prosperity to me means wealth, health, happiness, contentment, and a range of emotions, what we need in balance it's not just about how much money you've got in your bank no totally agree with that totally agree and it depends on the person as well that you're asking because it could mean something totally different to them totally totally that that group really love that group it's quite an active group again and there's a lot of people that champion everybody so that's why i like it yeah totally totally now when i want the positive people in there people who want to change at the end of the day Yes, definitely. And, and I think that's the way forward. I think you'll always get some neg heads that are in there. Yeah. But it depends again on what's, what, the, what the content is. But the majority is it's brilliant. So what's, what's your plans then going forward from here? Interesting question. <laughs> um, because I've been so um, involved with creating my... Um, I basically just started an online school. So I've created a couple of online programs. I've got my day program and I've got my eight week program at the minute. And at the moment, it's just all about expanding those uh, to reach more and more people. Um, And consult for a couple of companies. Um, 
So at the minute, it's just about growth. Um, but I mean, my long-term vision eventually will be to get into property. And, and I know it, property isn't totally passive, but I'm more as a passive investor so that one day I'll be able to offer my services for free in this field. Because, and this has been a big one for me, the value of money and charging and things like that. And I'm a great believer and people don't always get this. And I know your podcast hopefully will because it will be more entrepreneurial. But when I first started out, within 10 mile radius of my house, hypnotherapists charging £30 an hour. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're changing somebody's life for £30. Seriously. And I couldn't get my head around it. I just didn't understand it. And I can do a maximum of three appointments a day, normally two, before I'm totally wiped out because it is energetic and lots of energy moving around. Couldn't do any more than that. I'm thinking, how are these people even making a living? How are they possibly making a living? And I thought, does it not make much sense to charge a lot more but be present and giving and energetic and valuable to somebody then charge stupid amounts of money where we're burnt out, we can't do any more work for people and we're just no good to anybody. Took me a long time to work that concept out. And funnily enough, the more you charge, the better clientele you get, interestingly enough. Yeah, I, I fully, fully believe in what you just said. So you should, you should be paid on the value that you add, not on the going yeah. price in the area, the value that yeah. you add. And it's, um, I guess you should, you should keep striving for it, shouldn't you? You should just keep going for it because you then get a different, a different client base, the yes. one that fits what you're doing. Totally, totally. And I guess it's like the same in, in your world, you know, in the property world or whatever. If someone's charging £300 for a programme or £3,000 for a programme, there's going to be a perception difference. And a lot of people will go, well, why is that £300? That's cheap. There must be something wrong with it. You know, so a lot of the time we'll go for the dearer option anyway. Yeah, it's just the value that they want. Yes. I think in my world, I think, yes, you do have the ones that are, that they will just look at the price. No matter what, it's the price yeah. and it's the cheapest. But yeah. then you get quite a lot that, that um, recognise that they want value and they're, they're willing to pay whatever cost it is for the value of the person that's sat across from them or the person that's going to be stood beside them and showing them what to do. And most of the time, yes, you can pay a lot of the £30 or if it is that, this is just an example. So you could pay like £30 about 10 times or you could pay the £300 once. Totally. That is totally, totally different to what they charge, by the way. It ranges in the thousands for the mentors, yeah. the good mentors. And I was, on, I was on speaking to a mentor today. In fact, he's just left Progressive. I'm a little bit sad that he's gone. He's a, he's a, he's a top bloke, David Siegel. And I sat with him and we, we spoke for one and a half hours today. Yeah. Um, he, he has left. I have paid for the mentorship prior to him leaving. So that's, that's why I still get access to him. But the value that he added was amazing. Unreal. Some of the stuff that he told me uh, and, and the mindset and the drive that he, he just gives you, he just motivates you and inspires you. Yeah. And I think that's a good example to use. You've got to, to move forward. Totally, totally. And yeah, I, I always remember David, because I was looking at getting into property a few years ago, even before I started this journey. And he was at PPN, um, Sheffield, I think. And even then, now like charismatic, funny, you know, just that kind of guy who you'd love to learn from. Could tell, tell he was knowledgeable at the same time, but also very lighthearted and funny with it. So, yeah, absolutely makes perfect sense. And I think he's done so well is because what he does for me, and it's a shame, sorry if you're listening and you want to go and get David, I don't think he's offering this anymore at all, which is very, very unfortunate. But what he does well with me is he'll tell me when I'm wrong. He'll tell me when he doesn't think it's right, but explains why in yeah. such a way that I'm like, okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't consider that. Or he'll then champion it and he's happy to say, well, I didn't even know some of the things that I've just brought up. And it was, it's nice. It's just a nice conversation to have with him. 
um, because I always go in a better direction. Totally. And say and say this is the stuff that you offer. So if anybody's interested in in growing, that I mean they can contact. They should contact you. One hundred percent. It's down on my radar to do. I'm just waiting for the right time, enough time to come down. I've got a couple of mentors already waiting for them to drop off and you're straight in there. 100%. And I think it's not about me. You know, if people resonate with me, that's amazing. If I'm not for somebody, make sure you do this work. It's so vital. Like, it's just when people look to get into property, I see it all the time. Oh, let's go on a course of property. That's amazing. Nothing wrong with going on property courses. But the head's not always in the right place. And they'll hammer it for six months, not get anywhere, and they'll be like, this property thing don't work. We'll blame the mentorship or whatever. When they haven't got the basics, the grounding, the emotional, the psychological, the well-being grounding beforehand, which encompasses everything. The foundations. Totally. The foundations that you can set, getting them ready to hit the ground running. Oh, yeah, I, you can do this even mid so if somebody's already started oh, yeah. their journey. Yeah. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? It's a variety of work I do, in all honesty, you know, with the people. Some people uh, come to me literally just starting out. Some people come to me when they've started out and they don't seem to be going as fast as they want to. And then I might be dealing with a millionaire who's stuck on turnover. And if it's hit a certain level and it just can't move past that level. So then we work on why. So we've got different different. Um, levels of experience you know it's it's irrelevant where people come the work can still be done but i don't don't think it's vital to get the foundations in place as well yes definitely 100 percent. and i think on that note this is the perfect way to wrap it up sort your foundations yeah definitely speak to you in fact before we do wrap up please could you offer a way of contacting you for anybody who's interested totally um I run the Prosperous Business Club on Facebook. Um, my email address is info at traumahypnosis.com. Um, you can find me personally on Facebook, my personal page, Chris Knight. And my business name is Christopher Knight Coaching and Clinical Hypnotherapy. Awesome. So there's a multitude of ways there. So what I'll try and do is I'll, I'll, I'll tag you into all the posts when we put this out as well and try and... Um... If you want to, just drop underneath details of how the people can contact you. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and then that's brilliant. Got it there. Um, what I do is I offer a final question. So the reason my podcast is called Brighter Skies is because that is my future where I want to be. I want to be living in a house that opens up onto a beach with palm trees in the brighter skies while still being able to run my business, being healthy, being able to get to the gym, family are happy. And I wanted to know, what are your brighter skies? My brightest skies. my work is all for my family, as well as helping other people. That's a big, big thing for me. But I always said to my partner, we'll have a better life. I promised her that from the day that I met her. And my life is improving. And I want a nice house. I want to be able to travel more. I want to be able to give my time more by not being financially limited, by relying on one source of income as such. So I'd love the house. I love being in an open space, you know, out in the sticks as such. And just being, I don't think I'll ever be, I don't think I'll always be driven, but just being happy with the progress that I make into the future. And the more people I reach, the more people's life I can change, the more I'll continue to change my own life also. Amazing. Really good explanation. And I think it sums you up as a person and the way that you are and why you're so successful. I I just appreciate you coming and taking time to be on my podcast and thank you for adding value to everybody. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope somebody's, well, I hope a few people have taken some value from what we've talked about. Obviously, feel free to get in touch if you don't need any help. No doubt. I've no doubt that you're going to help out people listening and that some people will contact you. But amazing. But thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you 
for listening to the Brighter Skies podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Gary does, please visit his website, brighterskiesproperties.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform where you heard it. Thanks for listening and see you next time.